Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 302 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kara Stefanczyk. Kara lives in Northwest New Jersey, where she is a graphic designer who also does web design. Welcome, Kara. Hi. So nice to see you today. And you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? Well, it's funny, Jen, because this morning I was walking with my friend and telling her I was going to be on your show. And she actually, I brought intermittent fasting to her and she was like, what are you going to say? So I was thinking of my whole journey. People come on the show and they talk about their body image growing up and things like that. And going through all those 
things that influenced me throughout my life. And one of the biggest things that brought me to intermittent fasting was when, it's kind of sad to bring up, but when my dad had cancer, he had colon cancer in 2014. And it was um, pretty far along. It was almost stage four. And he opted not to do chemotherapy. But he did look into a naturopathic doctor. And I was trying to remember his name when I went through all this because it feels like so long ago now. But his name was Brian Jones. I think he was in California at the time and then is in Delaware. But anyway, he helped my dad to go through that journey and to do what he could to prevent, you know, my dad had surgery and then did what he could. But during that time, I remember him talking about fasting and we went to visit him at some point. He was just having his green tea when we were all sitting around eating dinner and my kids were younger then and they're having pizza and all this stuff. And my dad was just having his, it may have just even been hot water. I mean, that never even occurred to me until I was exposed to you to just have hot water, which now I love. But yeah, so when my dad, he eventually did pass away, but I just remember thinking like, wow, who would have thought that fasting would help with something like that? So that kind of brought me to it. And then when I was in life coach training, part of the training was weight loss coaching as well. That was where I was exposed to Jason Fung and the obesity code. So I read that, and it all started to make sense, the science behind it. I don't have diabetes or even pre-diabetes or anything, but I've always just been very aware of it and not wanting to get it, and I have high cholesterol and stuff like that. So you first were really exposed to fasting through your dad's cancer journey, and his physician was a naturopathic doctor who used fasting as part of the treatment. Yes. I'm sorry to hear about your dad, by the way. I know that was that's hard to lose our parents. Thank you. That was hard. But yeah, it was just fascinating to think like of fasting as a therapeutic thing versus the weight loss thing, which I also struggled with my weight after I had kids. It creeped up and I think I was trying it a little bit during. So that was around 2018. 2019 when I was... That was when you were going through the life coach training? Yeah, with the obesity code and reading about that. And then 2020 hit. I gained some COVID pounds. And I think it was in 2021 that I read your book because I was trying to incorporate fasting. I went through the whole like, oh, that doesn't work for me. I can't do this. But I was doing the not clean fasting. So I did cream in my coffee and the coconut. Well, I never did the coconut oil, but my friend that walks with me, she was trying the keto MCT oils. Oh, yeah. I went through that, too. I remember reading Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet back in the day when it was new, and he talked about putting the coconut oil and the butter and then the MCT oil, especially if you bought his special brand. And I just remember how sick that made me feel. But I was having it, right? I took it on vacation. I was trying anything. Yeah, I never did lose any weight with that. But I remember now just the thought of that makes my stomach feel, ugh, all that heavy oil. The cream in my coffee thing, I was actually gaining weight because eventually it became, like you say, like the hot milkshake. And it was really hot. Like, I remember the first time trying fasting. 
And just getting to 11 a.m. was really difficult. And then I think it was when I, once I started the clean fasting, it just got to be like 12, 1, and then before you knew it, it's 3 p.m. And you're like, there's nothing now. Once you're fat adapted. Exactly. That is so important. You got to be fat adapted first because it's not easy while you're learning that, especially for someone who may be listening who has been, you know, not clean fasting, putting the oil, the butter, the cream, the creamer, the whatever, the nut pods, whatever it might be in your coffee, because there's a million things you could put in your coffee right now. But collagen is one people are putting in there. That's not part of a clean fast either. But your body is used to that because that's a a supply of fuel that's coming in, whether you realize it or not. But it's not enough to really satisfy you. So that's why you're so hungry, because it's just a little bit of fuel wakes up your appetite. It's, you know, keeping you from really getting into that fasted state. So once your body flips that metabolic switch and you're accustomed to the black coffee, the clean fast, the plain tea, it's so much better. Yeah. And it was funny, too, because I remember learning that Something about like it doesn't affect your insulin, but then when I learned from you that like it still makes you hungry. There's so much more than insulin. That's the thing that people, you know, let's imagine that, you know, pure MCT oil doesn't change your insulin at all. There's a lot more going on in your body, whether you're fasted or fed than just what your insulin is doing, right? So that's where people can get caught up. They're like, well, it's not raising my insulin. First of all, how do you know? Because we're not testing our insulin. But second of all, there's more more to fasted. Like you wouldn't have like a lot of coconut oil before going to have fasted surgery or fasted blood work. So, you know, it's it's not fasting. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm not doing any of the what is it? CG continuous CG out. I've never done any of the testing or any of that. At some point my dad gave me the pH strips. I think, but and I think I tried that because he was doing that during his. Was he doing the ketone strip? No, no, it was like pH. Oh, he was testing pH. Okay, but like I've never done anything where I'm like actually really super paying attention to any of all this. I just my weight got so high after the pandemic. I'm like something's gotta. I've got to try something and make some changes here. So that was when I, I think that was, I have not read Delay, Don't Deny, but I listened to your podcast and then I read Fast, Feast, Repeat. I think I read, I had read some other books between the obesity code and when I read your book, but of course the podcast helps. I I never really listened to the Melanie ones at all. The Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Yeah, I was on that one for over five years and I left it last year, but that's the one that got me started with podcasting but yeah and I was never in the Facebook groups I mean I think I probably came to you maybe joining one of the obesity code groups I was not in those well I mean like just being exposed like to your name or whatever and maybe I had looked up his podcast and then got exposed to your podcast because I'm really not on Facebook all that much but that was partly how I got to you also was, I'm sure, just being in those communities or something. But I was never in that Facebook group. And then I joined your community while I was losing weight on 
your program, but your community on the older... Oh, the, the old, terrible one. The terrible one. Yes. Yeah. It was bad. And <laughs> it was the Delay Don't Deny Social Network. It was when we left Facebook in March of 21. And this platform, I, mean, I looked at everything that I could find that was available and they sold it so well. It was like, seemed like such a great place. It had been around since 2012, which I thought was a good thing. Turned out it wasn't because they had really old technology. We were only there from March to, through September because we were like, this platform is not. It, it was the technology. The technology had bugs in it, It was which we didn't know until everyone got there. And then I was like, wait, these features that they told us, they don't work. <laughs> anyway, so we moved to Circle in September of 21, and we love it there. So they're awesome and very responsive to problems. <laughs> Anyway, sorry about being at the bad one, but we didn't last there very long because it just wasn't living up. I mean, we paid, I paid them $25,000 for that. I don't think I've ever said that out loud on the podcast, but we paid so much money for that and it was awful. So we, like I said, we abandoned it after just a few months. That's how bad it was. Yeah, well, I remember being just so happy that you were not on Facebook because I like Facebook groups for technical learning stuff and like, oh, did this happen to anybody else? But there is just a different vibe when a community is not on Facebook. And that same year, I was playing a lot with the Mighty Networks and helping some other people get set up on there and that sort of thing and and looking at that. And it was just the first time I was really exposed to communities as an entrepreneurial idea of like how to get people together, the power of community. And I have experienced that with your community. Like I was like, lifetime, I'm in, that's it. Because after experiencing your community on the other one, I could see that like there was no there weren't a lot of like arguments or disagreements or it's just very a good vibe in your community to plug you a little bit. But also like as somebody, I'm not a super joiner. I'm definitely a fact finder. I love learning new things and all that, but I don't participate a whole lot, but I don't feel like I don't want to participate. It's more just like a time thing. But I love going in there and like, oh, did this ever happen to anybody? That search bar is my best friend there. Well, I I love that you're there. And there are a lot of people who are just like you, kind of lurking along in there, reading, learning, learning from one another, which is why I encourage everybody to to write about their experiences in the community, good and bad, right? Because (laughs) that's how we learn. And even a fail what feels like a fail, somebody else can learn from that and be like, oh, I was having that same challenge. And then they read the answers. And, you know, it just, we're learning from one another. I really think that community is what kept me going all these years. You know, if I didn't have the communities, would I have been so successful? I don't know. But you just speak to what you said about Facebook. I forgot about how bad Facebook was, you know, because I completely left. When I say I left, I left. I didn't even look at it until it was over a year. I like took the app off my phone. I didn't even look at it. And then I was with some friends from college and they were like, we love looking at our Facebook memories. Look at this one. We were such and such. And I'm like, I really miss that. So I decided to go back as Jen Stevens, the person to Facebook, just to you know, not run groups on Facebook anymore. I just wanted to see my Facebook memories that sort of thing. We were moving here. I wanted to look at the neighborhood and get to know people through that. So I, I went back on. And there was like a discussion about the new peer. Okay, I mean, do we need to argue about a peer? But people are arguing. I'm like, that's why I left. People were being 
awful about a peer. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and that's when I just closed the conversation. Like, there's other apps out there. I have family. There's reasons that I like being on Facebook. But I also, it's like a time thing. Like, where do I want to put my time? And I feel like it's good to know the sort of things that are going on. Like, I might not have known about that peer if I hadn't gotten on Facebook. So it's nice to have access to that information. But then sometimes it goes down the rabbit hole of, like, what are people saying about it? Or why are they disagreeing about it? Or let me, oh, I know that person. Wow, I never knew they had that kind of fire in them. Or, you know, <laughs> about a peer. No, but now I only, every day I just, I look at my memories. And then I like anything that, like, I don't even really, I don't spend time on there at all. I look at my memories that I'm done for the day. That's it. And I'm not getting into an argument in my community group about the pier or a restaurant or where's the best pizza. I don't care. <laughs> and that's, I will never run a group on Facebook again. I mean, I guess you say never say never. Anything could happen in the world, but I don't foresee myself ever be back on there with groups just because you're right. Your experience with Mighty Networks, it's really different in a place that's off of Facebook for whatever reason. I guess it's just, it takes a little more effort for people to be there. When it takes a little more effort to do something, do you care about it a little differently? Maybe, I don't know. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Well, and it's compartmentalized is what like I liked circle because it kind of looks like Facebook and it's got the fun emojis and the gifts but I like mighty networks because it looked like a website and you know there's various you can get WordPress plugins that work the same way but it's very like you put your blinders on and you go in there you know what you're getting versus you go on Facebook to look up something about 
Elementor, and then you're distracted by something from Adobe. And then you're like looking at an ad for a pillow, and you're like, I do need new pillows. Thank you, Facebook. Yeah, or, oh, I was looking at that top the other day. Oh, there it is. Let me go look at it again. I mean, they have to make their money, too. And cable went the same way, you know? Like, it's just like anything. Like, somehow they have to make a living, and there's just different ways to do that. But so if you're looking for community without the distractions and the arguing... (laughs) jenstevens.com slash community is where to go and i really love the lifetime option jen like that i don't know that i would have subscribed but like when i saw that lifetime i was like oh that's totally worth it done well i think so too and other fasting communities that are, are paid i'm aware of one in particular i won't name whose it is but the amount we charge for a year is what they charge pretty much per month like ours is a little bit more per year than their monthly charge. But, and like what we charge for lifetime is what they charge for a year. And so, you know, I want a lot of people to come to the community. That's why it's affordable. I want a lot of people there supporting each other because that's the dream. You know, Maria Montessori said, um, she was an early childhood educator. She said, you know, the, I'm going to paraphrase, like, you know, you're a good teacher when your presence is not needed. That's how I feel about the community. When I see everyone supporting each other, I mean, I'm always there. I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm checking to see what people are saying. But when I see people helping and supporting each other without me having to do all of it, then I know that it's making a difference. Because if you're able to support somebody else, then you get it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I also feel like being on that first platform helped support you as you went into the new platform, like just having that experience of like walking a little bit and then falling down and then you were able to get up again or like the bike analogy of like you try and ride a bike and you can't quite get it. But then I felt like when you got to the new platform, it was like you were ready to take off. So it was really exciting to be a part of that from the beginning, but also seeing how much it's grown has been really, it's, it's so exciting for me because I searched for so long to find something that would work, that I wasn't tracking things. I didn't want to be looking at my phone all day, like, let me scan this UPC code, like, just to live, like, a healthy life. And so I'm really grateful. I feel like I've, of course, the people come here, they probably all feel like this, that we know you, but like... The trust factor is there because of your teaching characteristics, but also because you taught me something that worked. Well, thank you. That's what teachers do. We find things that work and we teach them, whatever <laughs> whatever it is that we're doing. That's what we love doing. But I do think that community helps everybody. I love that what you said about how the first one, you know, we crashed and burned, like riding a bike and having a big accident. But I think every person who went on that ride with us away from Facebook who took that leap, and especially the ones who leapt two times, <laughs> who went to the first one and then came to the next one and then are still plugged in because... Those are the people that really are making a difference in there. And I love it. So I want to circle back to what you said before that I think is so important. And it connects with what you just said as well. You don't want to scan UPC codes. You don't want to have to depend on your phone. You don't want to use the gadgets. You just want to fast, feast, and repeat. And that's really very much what drew me to intermittent fasting as well. I don't want to scan things. I don't want, you know, and I've used a lot of gadgets along the way, whether it's Zoe or CGM, but not at the beginning and not until I was ready. And you don't need to, I guess is the point I'm making. You don't need to do that to be very successful with intermittent fasting. And and you're showing that in your journey. 
Yeah, and then I was just thinking about just all the things I tried during my lifetime. You know, when I was younger, I was very athletic. But then my first job in high school was at McDonald's. And I think I quit my high school sports around then, like junior, senior year in high school. I quit volleyball. I quit basketball. And I just started gaining weight. And, you know, just the whole, like, Seventeen magazine I subscribed to. And I remember, like, when I was really young doing Dynamite. And there were, like, that was some other magazine. I remember. I got that magazine, too. (laughs) I remember dynamite. It's funny that you talked about what you just said about your in high school that you quit what you were doing and worked at McDonald's. I was, of course, a dancer, which I'm sure you've heard me say. My mother had a dance studio. My first job was teaching at her dance studio, but my second job, Long John Silver's. And I pretty much quit dancing, started working at Long John Silver's, eating the food similar to you and McDonald's, right? Yeah. And then you just get that palette of, and the quick, whatever. I mean, I can't blame it all on McDonald's, but it was just, it was easier to gain weight. And yeah, that's when it's really started my late teens, early 20s, making choices that were not smart, freshman 15, all that, you know, and you try and eat salad or whatever. And, but my body image was not good. And I hear other people on here where you look back at pictures and you thought you were fat and you weren't really, but I was always athletic and wanted to be different. I wanted to be thinner, you know, that wanting to be different than I was instead of liking myself how I was. So, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like people who are thin, a lot of times want to be more meat on their bones. I mean, and I'm not sure if that's just our society feeding a need into us, like a marketing thing or just there's always something else to want or need. You know, I feel like it's that that grass is always greener kind of a a saying. You know, I I think back to Chad when he was young, you know, he is very, very slim, lanky. And he talks about when he was in high school, he always was worried about being too skinny and needed to bulk up and trying to, to gain weight and bulk up and build muscle and struggling with that. But I mean, he doesn't have, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger physique. He's lanky. That's just the way he's built. But we always look to someone that is not like us and think, why can't I be like that? (laughs) Instead of just, here's what I'm like. (laughs) Yeah, my husband was always thin like that. Like, And I have two boys also, 19-year-old and a almost 17 he's 16 still I never wanted them to struggle with that either but I think like a now instead of having 17 and dynamite you have the social media that puts those things in their minds and you know I hesitate to talk about them podcast but you get concerned that like don't you don't want them to fall into those traps as well but then I wonder like is that just part of life and learning to love who you are that was one of the things that I really love about the fasting too is like it's kind of brought me around to an acceptance of my body the way that it is now now that I've lost weight I've lost about 35 pounds since my the height of my like during the pandemic I the highest weight I remember the 178 and that was uh I was like, wow. And how tall are you? I'm 5'5". Five, five. I remember being 178. I remember every weight. <laughs> For what I could wear at those weight, the clothes I was wearing get around 178. But I often wonder if I had just like never gotten higher than 178 or 175-ish, if I just would have been like 
content to just be slightly overweight. It took me getting obese to really you know, like think I needed to do something, I guess. But I remember being at that weight. It didn't feel good. 178, 175. It didn't feel good to move around. Well, and it gets, it's so easy to get there. That is in our society of this like eating from the second you're awake until you go to bed at night. And especially when you have kids, like you're just go, go, going all day long. And you get this moment of just being able to be present is often involved with, let me have a cup of coffee. Let me just look out the back door while I'm eating this muffin. You know, like there's all these moments like that that tend to happen with food unless you're like there were I can think of moments like that where like putting one of the kids to bed it was so nice you know like being present but there's just so much going on as your kids are getting older that it's easy to establish a habit of comfort from food and I really think that's the hardest the hardest challenge for the people that struggle with intermittent fasting is that right there just from you know my work with the you know in the community and really digging deep to see where people are struggling it's almost like we're, we're able to connect better with people now in the, the smaller community versus the Facebook days. Like, I really have more of a sense of people versus when we're just trying to manage if that, you know, back when it was huge. But people really struggle with comfort and the, the emotions associated with that muffin and that creamy coffee and that whatever it is, the sitting and comforting yourself with it. And not knowing how to comfort yourself without it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's some of the stuff that was brought up in my coach training. And there's this pathway from awareness to implementation that can feel hard to be patient with. So one of the things, you know, about turning 50 this year is like, when I was in my 20s, I didn't give so much thought to so much Like, I just tried something new, and I didn't worry about not knowing about it or how long it took. Like, I see that my kids reading or doing something and just relaxing, and I'm like, if I'm sitting and relaxing, I'm like, I should be doing something. Versus I was never, I never worried about that then. So, like, with this new awareness after I read the Obesity Code and read your book, between those, that time was about... I think about three years because I read your book, the August of 21, which is I had joined your community. And then I finally read your book. I think I had it. And then I started to implement it. And that was when the weight came off between 21 and 22 last summer. And just feeling patient with the understanding of I had these neural pathways for so long, they're not going to change overnight. But you do see, like, I'm so stressed out right now, or I'm going through this thing, and my window is getting wider at this point. And, like, just noticing that correlation, okay, now I've got to switch back. Yeah, it's understanding yourself. I love what you said about it going from awareness to implementation. First, you have to be aware of what's happening before you can make the changes. But you start to see your patterns. You're like, okay, when I'm in stress, I want whatever it is. It could be a glass of wine or it could be a cookie or whatever, you know, whatever you associate with relaxation 
And really, finding self-care that is not something you put in your mouth is, is what we need to learn how to do, I think, right? Yeah. What do you do for that? Well, I like to be Besides outside. Besides on the beach. Well, that's okay. You read my mind. <laughs> it's outside. I like to sit on the porch. I like to pet my cat. That might sound silly. I don't know. I will, if I'm really feeling stressed out, I will sit and watch a television show. Maybe it's something on HGTV. I don't know. And that just gets, you know, it takes my mind off whatever the challenge is. And then I can, I guess, you know, I'm soothing in a way that <laughs> does not involve food, but it involves, you know, maybe a, a reality TV show or something. Yeah. It's funny because like these things come up in life where what led up to it is so much bigger than just let me just sit and have a cup of warm water, you know, like, or empty. But those moments add up also. Like when you take the time, like my friend and I hadn't walked in a little while and we finally walked again this morning. And just taking the time for that over time builds up. And I love the quote that was on postage stamp at some point from Georgia O'Keeffe, which is like, to see a flower takes time, just like to have a friend takes time. And these New patterns take time, just like the original ones took time. But you get older and you feel like you're running out of time when you get to a certain point. And like in your 30s and 40s, you have like the, especially if you have kids, it's like the fastest 20 years of your life. And you're like, I don't want to take time. I want to be healthy now. And I just want to move on and get with it. You want to snap your fingers. Once you've made the decision, that's a struggle for a lot of people. They're like, I've made the decision. I'm doing intermittent fasting. I would like to be at my goal now, please. (laughs) But that doesn't happen overnight, does it? Yeah. And who was I listening to? I think it was Jamie Corcoran or Cochran yesterday. um, And she was talking about the thing that made your heart race. And I had done that when I, like the year I was getting married and it was the metabolite and took those at some point. And I was like, I can't stand this. My heart is like pounding, but I lost some weight. I mean, it happened pretty quickly course I was younger then but like you just want it to happen immediately but then it's not lasting and my I feel like my mindset I mean part of it I think is just getting older in the coach training of mindset training all that I mean you talk about coaching but really it's just like leadership and personal development all those things that help you get to a point of like loving yourself the way that you are well I think you really can't make lasting change until we do love ourselves for who we are. And, you know, like loving my overweight body for getting me to the point that it got me to. And also for sending me messages that it didn't feel good, right? Those messages were important. And loving myself and saying, you know what, I deserve to feel good in my body. And I deserve to delay my eating window until later so that I can feel my best versus eating right now for self-soothing. And it really does come down, like you said, to mindset. Everything really, really does come down to that mindset. Yeah. And changing those pathways. And it can be done. That's the thing. It's never too late. And once you're aware of what's holding you back or what, what thinking, you know, who, who coined the phrase stinking thinking? That was some, somebody, was it Zig Ziglar? I don't know. But he called it stinking thinking. Dale Carnegie? I'm not sure. But whoever it was, the stinking thinking really holds you back. And whether it's your weight or anything in life. Well, and even that, though, too, like you'll be doing all this and you're like, I know it's my mindset, darn it. Like, I'm so tired of thinking about all this mindset stuff. Like, you. <laughs> 
awareness. Again, you have first you have to be aware. <laughs> yeah. So coming from textiles, I like I'm super pattern oriented. But it was fascinating. It has been fascinating transitioning my career into graphic design and web design. Yeah, from textile design to digital design, essentially. And all the thing, all the mindset stuff that went into that, that I could see, you see these layers, once you learn about like, trying to change your patterns, you see how it layers in your entire life and not to get too deep because I know I, I want to be fun I love to get deep get deep <laughs> but like one of the things that really helped me during the time that I was losing the weight from late 21 into 22 after reading your book was I did a program that was all about like self-discovery understanding who you are finding out these things that happened to you whether you had a choice or not in your life that affect how you are now. And just working out some of those like small, like for me, there were small T traumas. I'm not trauma informed. Like there are coaches that are very trauma informed, but working through some of that and realizing how much it impacted my perception of myself and who I am and how that, played into the choices that I make about my health. Yeah, you're peeling back those layers and seeing you know, what made me who I am today. And there's always something you can go back and if you, if you really dig deep, it's there. Yeah, and it, it, that's the struggle too, is like if you keep looking, you're going to keep finding stuff. Like when do you let it go and move on? But I, it's tough because like, you know, part of coaching for me is like seeing the dichotomy of perspectives of like, I'm supposed to look at my future self or I'm supposed to make decisions for my future self, but wait, I'm supposed to like be in the present now too. So I feel like there's a lot of that sliding scale that goes on with that. So like you look at your past until it's not serving you to move forward. And then you're like, okay, I'm aware that that's affecting my perception here, but I'm getting stuck there, so let's just take a break. You know, it's like sometimes you're just so stuck on getting your kids potty trained, and then you're like, I got to give this a break. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's part of as we get older, too. You know, you're, you've still got kids at home. I do not, although Will has been in and out over the past few years. He's 23 right now. He's out, but he's been in and out. But, you know, as, as our kids launch and we find ourselves at home with, you know, alone or with a spouse or what, you know, however your living situation is. And as you start to, your work life changes as we get older, we start to like maybe take a more of a deep breath and just be like, yeah, you know, I don't have to manage everything. I can let things go. And I think that's part of as we get older. Again, like you mentioned, the body image, letting some of that go. And you know, you know what? My thighs are going to be wobbly. That's okay. Yeah, and I think that plays, again, I mean, not to get off the body image thing, but, like, when my kids were younger and I was like, well, the living room's just going to have toys all over it forever. Like, and you, I hesitate to say lower the bar, but it's like you come to accept that, like, if I want to enjoy my life, I need to change my perception of that. So if I want to enjoy my body and what it's able to do, I want to take care of it. 
I want to be able to go on a hike and not be out of breath at the top or like going up the hills. And like, it, it is amazing to me. Like you talk about, I feel like I've been talking the whole time about like mindset sort of stuff, but the changes that happened with my physical health have been tremendous of just feeling lighter all around, not dreading dress shopping when I need to buy a dress. My pant sizes have all gone down. I did. I have hesitated when I got so small to buy new clothes. There was, but just noticing that I was like, well, what's really going on here? Why am I afraid to buy new clothes? Like, well, was it that, that back of your mind that one day you were going to, they weren't going to fit you anymore, right? Or y'all gain the weight back. Yep. That's what I was thinking. Same thing. You know, I remember that same thing and, you know, pulling them out in the new season and thinking, do they fit? And like worrying that they might not. Yeah. And then they're too big. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but trusting that we've got the tools in our toolbox that we're not going to have to go back up in clothing sizes. You know, even as we go through, you know, the changes of our lives and menopause and all of that, you've got that to look forward to. There are still tools in our toolbox. And you might need different ones. That's what I've learned. You know, the tools that worked for me and at the age of, I don't know, 47, 48 are not the same tools I need at 53. And that is okay, too. Yeah, hearing you talk about hormone replacement therapy, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I would look into that. I'm not sure. But it sounds like you've had a really good experience with that. Well, the way that I understand it is I'm just a lay person. I'm not a doctor, but you know, the people we've had on the Life Lessons podcast that have talked about it, when we're going through the menopausal transition, our body is like still putting out hormones, but more sporadically, like our levels can be all over the place. But it's when you get on the very other side of menopause after the transition, when your body's like, I'm done with that now, no more hormones are coming. That's when they can test it. Like I had zero estrogen and zero progesterone, like none of it, it was gone. I didn't have any, my body wasn't making it anymore. So that was when it really starts to disrupt the function of other things in your body, which is what I didn't understand. You know, we just thought it did girly stuff, but those hormones, the female hormones, impact our blood sugar control and whether we are building muscle and bone health, all that stuff, heart health, all of that goes back to those female hormones I didn't understand. Yeah, and all of us living longer. Yeah, that's exactly right. But as you're making the transition, because your levels are so up and down, up and down through perimenopause, you know, definitely work with your provider. But once you're on the other side, that's when I would definitely encourage people to find somebody if you haven't already. I mean, uh, through the transition, I'm not really sure. You know, of course, I didn't come to hormone replacement therapy till after I was done. But, you know, my, my waist size is going back down. It had gone up. Now it's going back down. And again, that's just, you know, my measure of my blood sugar control. And it's not because fasting stopped working for me. It's because my body changed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. 
Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, I don't feel like fasting will ever stop working for me at this point. Like, I feel like I'm in it for life. My window does widen a bit at times and then after if it does for so long then I start to notice it and the way that my clothes feel I do still weigh myself every day or most days and I love the happy scale app to for seeing that my husband tries fasting sometimes and then goes back I think he struggles with the because he I work from home but he goes to work so there's social things around that, that like he just lets him, you know, but one of the things I didn't address yet was my hypothyroid. Oh yeah. Talk about that. Definitely. Because when I was going through, well, I don't recommend this, Jen, but during the pandemic, I was off of my levothyroxine for a little bit because you couldn't get into doctors. And I had been diagnosed right after my first son. And I thought, I'm the type I don't like being on medicine. And I always thought, like, what would happen if I went off of it? So I just tried going off it. Well, that was also when my weight really started to go up. But then I was like, okay, I guess. And then I finally went back to my doctor. I guess it was early 21 and had my numbers checked. And they were, like, off the charts. And I'm like, okay, I guess this was not just a fluke right after I had my son And then I also gained a better understanding of it all. But since my weight was so high, my prescription had gone up. And then as I lost more weight, my, I don't know what you call it, micrograms or whatever, that has all come down again. See, this is just another great example of how important hormones are for our bodies. And, you know, all the things we talk about, whether it's the, the female hormones or your thyroid hormone, insulin is a hormone. If our bodies don't produce enough of them, like for example, insulin. If someone is a type one diabetic, their body doesn't produce enough insulin, they must receive insulin through you know, medication, through their injections of the insulin. The same with your thyroid. If your body doesn't have sufficient thyroid hormone, you've got to get it into your body somehow to really feel your best. So I think that that is just you know, recognizing that Hormones control our metabolism, they control how we feel, and getting all of those optimized, whether it's insulin, thyroid, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, whatever it is, you know, instead of looking at it as, I don't want to take anything, because I'm like you, I don't want to take medication, I don't want to be, you know, on a million prescriptions, but think about hormones differently. It's something that we need. We need to optimize our hormones. Yeah, and just understanding that it was not something I really had control over. Like I was always mad, like, oh, my body's not working the way it's supposed to. But just accepting that and it's like, well, I'm only on one, so that's not so bad, you know. And really, once you, if you get your hormones working properly, it can prevent downstream problems that would be caused because your hormones aren't working well. But I never felt that. That was the thing with my thyroid. Like I was never like super tired or like I couldn't do anything like I was and maybe I just wasn't paying attention 
I mean, that could have been part of it, too. I think that's part of a lot of weight gain is like not paying attention to what's going on inside of you and just go, go, going all the time or just trying to shove it down. I think you're right. And stretchy pants. (laughs) (laughs) The stretchier my wardrobe, the more weight I gain. That was what I learned. You know, I like to sit around in my blue jeans that I've been wearing the same jeans once I have on today. I guess I got them in, I don't know, 2016, 2017. I'm not sure. But as long as the jeans still fit, they're <laughs> they're not that stretchy. So tell me what your fasting protocol looks like now. What do you do from day to day for the most part? Mostly um, one, well, I call it one meal a day. I'll open at like 4, 4.30. And then we usually have a late dinner. So then... I'll close by nine. Weekends, I tend to open earlier. I am a breakfast person. I know people, I love breakfast food, but we'll just have... I love breakfast food too. (laughs) (laughs) And around here, it's like Taylor ham, egg and cheese sandwiches on a hard roll. So, but I'll just have it later, like at one or two if I open early. That's me too. We have a brunch place down in Pauly's Island that when my friends from college especially come to visit, we like to have a brunch, but... They have brunch till three. So we get to call it brunch and it's brunch food, but it's still not like at eight in the morning or anything like that. Yeah. So like just talking to you, like I see we're getting close. I'm like, there's so many things that I thought to talk about. And I don't know that. (laughs) We are coming to close to the end, but tell what is it that we haven't talked about that you really wanted to talk about? Well, my one friend, she was like, you have to tell her that you told me about it because I was doing the MCT oil. And then once she doesn't have a problem doing that. And then she's like, I told my sister about it. So you have to let her know about the ripple effect. That's the best part. That really is. That's my favorite thing. Yes. Well, and just in your whole community and just making it feel more normalized at this point, because when you do first hear about it and you've grown up the three meals a day and many snacks a day, you're like, this is crazy. This is crazy talk. This is dangerous like, to even consider any of it. But like something about Dr. Fung just made it feel like, well, this is a real doctor and he's a kidney doctor. So like, there must be something here. That's the best part is when doctors promote it. And, you know, nothing makes me happier than hearing, you know, from somebody in the community that their doctor told them about intermittent fasting, or even better, their doctor does intermittent fasting, or the part that gives me goosebumps, their doctor recommended fast feast repeat. I'm like, that feels crazy. But to know that, you know, this ripple effect exists, you know, you told your friend, she told her friend, and then it just keeps going. And when people find something that makes them feel this good, they want to tell other people about it. That is the testament to the lifestyle. Yeah, and I'm not super um, marketing myself person or on, like I have friends who are very outgoing. I'm pretty introverted. Like I love all that sort of stuff. So I have not, I heard Jamie's talking about like, she posted like a story on New Year's Day or something. And I was like, I don't know that I can ever do that. Or like sharing that I was on this. I'm like, I don't, I'll probably share with like talking about it, but I will know that I would actually put it on my Facebook page. I don't know. I toy with the idea just because it has changed my life so much. But, you know, there's that planting the seed, but then there's also the watering the seed part. And it's like, 
just sometimes planting the seed can be hard. Well, and and it feels like you're coming out of like your private place, right? You know, I remember when I first was talking about it, when I first started talking about intermittent fasting publicly beyond just the groups I was in, it happened by accident, really. I was on Facebook and I was in a private group and then somehow something I posted to somebody, everybody could see it. Like, I guess I've shared something to someone who was in one of my fasting groups, but then it was public and then my friends were commenting on it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people are seeing that I'm talking about this. I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. They saw me before. They knew I was struggling with my weight. It wasn't hidden. So I don't know why I'm afraid to talk about it. So just accidentally outing myself on my Facebook wall really led to me feeling more open to just, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about it. Well, and I think a lot of people are hesitant to ask anybody if they've lost weight. Like sometimes people are sick and you ask them and they're like, so it gives people an opportunity to ask you about what you did on the one hand, but then on the other hand, it's like, do I really want to be talking about this with everybody like I don't know I don't do I really want people to know about this that don't care or don't want and it's putting your opinion out there and saying like this is my opinion about it because it worked and you just have to follow your heart on that one and whether you're somebody who shares it on Facebook for everybody on your friends list to see or you just mention it when someone asks you or you just do it quietly there's no right or wrong way I wouldn't hide it. Like, I wouldn't lie about it. That, I feel like, would be wrong. And it's okay to, you know, just to talk to someone about it and have them say, oh, that's terrible. You should not be doing that. It's okay to just move on. Like, you just move on. It's okay. Like, sometimes people will say to me, my friend said this, this, this. What should I say? I'm like, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to defend it. You just say, all right, go on. It's okay. Yeah. Or you can, there are nice ways to just, it's like when anybody differs opinions. You just say, okay, well, this worked for me and that might not work for you. So yeah, you have to find what works for you. Yeah. And you don't have to defend it. You don't have to prove it and you don't have to back it up with, I mean, you don't, you just say, okay, and move on. And that helps you lose a lot of the fear because you don't have to have all the answers. You just don't have to defend it. So tell us your non-scale victories. We've got time. Well, I was trying to think of some, but like just, I was like, what are all the things, what are all the things that Jen always asks about that I need to have these ready? And then I've had so many other things going on that I'm like, but I got here and I was like, I'm just going to go in and chit chat and that'll be good enough. Exactly. Well, I think the talk about mindset has been important. That's always a great topic, but just a couple of your non-scale victories. What did you think of? Well, one was my thyroid medicine that prescription lowered, just liking how I feel in my body, having more energy. I used to get like these cysts behind my ears and like kind of in my groin sometimes, like what are they, your lymph nodes? Like I used to get cysts there and I haven't really had that at all. Just liking how you feel when you see your body, even when it's not perfect. I'll be like, well, my arms don't look that bad, even though they don't look like I'm doing yoga every day. But like, they still, you feel good in your body and the weight loss was different. Like my body shape was more triangular versus when I would lose weight before it was more like lumpy, I guess would be the word. I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Body shape completely different with fasting because we're losing the fat and maintaining the muscle mass. I think that's the difference. We're, we're losing it from the places we need to lose it, like our visceral fat and that sort of thing. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? 
do not dismiss the effect that your any childhood or like young adult trauma has had on your decision making with your health. And it's funny because like so many like I think clean fast and like all these things, but like when I brought that into play of my weight loss journey, I didn't correlate it until afterward that like I was working on this the same time that I was working on my health. And that's when it all came together with the clean fast, of course. Well, I think that's huge because that is a different way of thinking about it that we don't often talk about. But understanding the foundation of your struggles, because they didn't begin, you know, last week. They have deep roots and digging in and figuring out. Don't dismiss those past things that have brought you to where you are now. And don't beat yourself up when you fall into old habits, because it's easy to fall into old habits. It's like, you know, like, what do they say? Like riding a bike. You just, it's that muscle memory. You reach for the ice cream and you have to build those new neural pathways, like you said before. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for sharing your story today. And I think we've given listeners a lot to think about. Yeah. The other thing is don't wait until you're doing it all perfect to write into Jen because I almost opted out because I'm like, oh, I'm having a little downtime. I'm getting a little like blah, blah, blah and feeling bad about that. So don't wait until everything's perfect to acknowledge how far you've come. Absolutely. That's huge because the good news is perfection is not required. Thank goodness, because then nobody would ever. (laughs) (laughs) We are perfectly imperfect, right? (laughs) Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I have missed these Friday night dinners. Hey, welcome to Harvey Gras. At these family dinners, Delicious, everyone. dysfunction is served. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. It's already better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start! Woo, 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 woo. And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept yeah, with. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. No! I really hope it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. It's mom and dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.